Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is drive time. Elliot Danker, Timothy Go and Chua Tim with you. It's now time for Market View on this uh, pre-National Day edition. And since it's a pre-National Day edition, we will talk about REITs. For now, though. <laughs> Closing bell. For now, we'll give you a quick recap of how we started the day. Well, Singapore shares edged up at the open today, tracking overnight gains in the US and also within Europe. So in early trade, the Straits Times Index was up 0.1% at 3,313 points. Some 63 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Now, off to the closing numbers, the benchmark STI closed up 0.12%. We're looking at 3,313 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 952 million Sing dollars. Now, gainers trailed losers 200. 65 versus 327. Top advances for today, we have Jardin Cycle and Carriage, JMX USD and Venture Core, and top decliners, New Incorporation USD, Cortina and Semcore Industries. Now, in terms of sectors to watch within Singapore, the banking scene continues to be at the front and centre of investors' minds as uh, banks registered resilient results for the second quarter of 2023. Now, elsewhere, from the latest trade numbers out of China to ASEAN being a bright spot amid shifts in global supply chain and uh, Moody's cutting credit ratings for several small to mid-sized US banks, international headlines continue to be in focus. And joining us as we break down the developments is James Chiu, Chief Investment Officer, Southeast Asia at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth. James, welcome to the show. Well, pleasure to be here. Great to have you on board as always. And let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How did the STI fare today? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers? Well, I think STI today very much uh, flat. and But I, I think it's largely a reflection of what happened uh, overnight uh, with uh, US markets, but also very much uh, it's pre-National uh, Day and of course, uh, you know, pre-holidays usually have uh, lesser trading volumes. Yeah, we appreciate your National Day colours as well today. <laughs> Absolutely. Well done. So since National Day, right, so the REIT capital of the world, Singapore, uh, let's talk a little bit about Ledley's global commercial REITs distribution per unit for the second half into June. It's down 8% on year. Uh, results from Paragon REIT as well. Um, James, your thoughts on the near-term outlook for the S REITs uh, looking at the numbers so far? What do you think? Yeah, well, I think the REIT sector has been facing a, a headwind over the last year and that's really rising interest rates. And we are at a point, perhaps at an inflection point, in which uh, interest rates are going to be peaking. Uh, so I think that would mean that uh, some tailwinds uh, for the REIT sector, but I think by and large, it's going to be very much uh, selective based on certain REITs that would be stronger in terms of being able to raise their DPU uh, in, in, the, in the years ahead. So it's going to be, a, 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 I think, that perhaps the headwind is over, but, but nevertheless, it's still going to be uh, a, a selector's uh, market. So, James, uh, let's have a look at local banks. Uh, They've so far retained resilient uh, results for the second quarter as they continue to benefit from high net interest um, income because of high interest rates, of course. So do you think the interest margin can continue to remain high for the rest of the year? Well, I think it really depends on the trajectory of interest rates. I think we are at a point where interest rates are peaking, but mm. I don't think that interest rates are going to fall dramatically uh, well, anytime soon. So I think from that perspective, I think interest margins should still be generally strong. 
Um, and of course, uh, loan growth really depends on the economy, depends on the growth around the region. Uh, but ultimately, also the wealth management business is, also provides that buffer. So I think there are a, a few uh, kind of uh, tailwinds going on uh, for, for the banking sector. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with James Chiu, Chief Investment Officer, Southeast Asia at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth. And uh, James, let's move on to look at some of the international headlines out of the region. Uh, China's imports and export numbers in particular uh, fell much faster than expected in July. And most notably is that inbound shipments saw their biggest decline since January, which is when COVID-19 shut shops and factories. How far should investors be concerned given that we've been talking about that sluggish recovery for quite some time now. We have to kind of break down the numbers. So on the export side, it's largely a broad-based uh, decline, uh, but that's uh, also aligned with uh, kind of a global slowdown. Uh, but nevertheless, there are some bright spots within China. Uh, you do see a very strong uh, exports of electric vehicle uh, mm. manufactured in China. So I think that's uh, a bright spot. And on import side, generally, I think it's uh, a reflection of the weaker uh, Chinese economy, but also there is increased uh, imports of uh, kind of uh, energy Energy, oil, mm. etc. So I think that also shows the economy humming along. But I think it's clear that from these uh, weak uh, trade numbers that the Chinese authorities would actually provide some stimulus to kind of uh, support growth uh, in the months ahead. It does seem like the Chinese authorities, uh, we were speaking to some analysts and they were saying that perhaps their hands are tight, stimulus might be more targeted. Uh, Going with your expectations on where maybe authorities will come in, would we see an annual decline of exports and imports this year for China? Well, I think at the heart of the issue, it's really the property market uh, because um, there is quite a bit of leverage in the system and, and therefore uh, the, the Chinese authorities are not going to embark on a big bang uh, stimulus. So mm. it's very much going to be targeted, trying to reinvigorate uh, the, the property market to kind of create a wealth effect amongst consumers so that consumers mm. will, will feel uh, wealthier in terms of asset prices, but also they'll start spending even much more. Uh, it's a tricky balance, um, mm. but nevertheless, I think that's going to be where the focus will be uh, in the months ahead. Mm, tricky indeed. We're seeing some news from Country Garden today as well. And James, I know that looking at the volatilities when it comes to China and the region, you have always mentioned the need for China plus AI exposure. Not artificial intelligence in that regard, but ASEAN and India. To what extent do you think the figures we saw in China can be attributed to the reshuffling of supply chains? And if ASEAN is indeed the bright spot, ASEAN and India, which asset classes and sectors should investors be putting their bets on? Well, if you take a step back, um, if you look at the long-term exposure, uh, you do see uh, it's very important when you look at Asia to not just uh, look at China. You have to look at ASEAN and India, really because of demographics. China's population is falling. But at the same time, you have uh, India and ASEAN's population actually picking up that slack. So we are going to witness in the next 10 years the creation of one of the biggest uh, uh, economic locomotive, and that's the middle class of ASEAN and India, which is going to be very strong uh, in the years ahead. And, and clearly, we are already seeing signs of that um, because you're going to get big consumer markets. That also means that there will be factories that will be relocated nearer the consumers. But also even the, in the recent 
recent uh, readings from uh, the, the GDP estimates, even the short term for, for Indonesia, has been actually stronger than, than consensus. So I think uh, we are seeing uh, many, many good things happening, consumer spending, uh, investments uh, into uh, ASEAN and India. Uh, and in terms of investments, I think the, the equity markets in India and uh, Indonesia looks quite uh, interesting, uh, really on the back of this uh, growth dynamics that we are witnessing. Hmm. And if I get your um, get you correctly, we are also looking at more of consumer goods and manufacturing in those markets here. And I want to really take us to the U.S. dreams. Moody's uh, cut credit ratings of several small to mid-sized U.S. banks today. It also said uh, it may downgrade some of the nation's biggest lenders. Six banking giants, the likes of Bank of New York Mellon, U.S. Bank Corp., they are on review for potential downgrades. To what extent does that concern you? Well, I, I think you have to watch uh, from my perspective the kind of the feedback effect, the transmission mechanism of uh, the, the issue, uh, not so much on the downgrade per se, hmm. but really whether because of the banking uh, stress that happened uh, back in March, will there be a, a contraction uh, in, in bank lending in the months ahead? So far, when we look at the macro data, especially on the consumer side of things in the US, it's still extremely uh, resilient, still quite mm. healthy. Jobs are still being created. But of course, there, there will be impact if banks do cut back uh, mm. lending significantly. And that's something I think to watch out for uh, in the months ahead. All right. Thanks a lot for the insights. As always, James, that was James Chu, Chief Investment Officer, Southeast Asia at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth. Thank you very much, as always, for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.